Father, we thank you today for my sister. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed her, that you are with her. And now, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and uh, take away anything that should not be there. Anoint that which you have given her to speak. And may your words fall on good ground in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's all yours, sis. Yes, he wants it recorded. Oh, so. bad already. Can't stand mics. Anyway. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I just have a few things that God has um, given me. Um, <clears throat> and I, it goes along with some of the changes that he's doing or he wants to do. I don't have a whole lot of words here, but I do know that I ha- uh, when I'm finished speaking that I have to pray <clears throat> for people who want um, this change and I also know that there are people um, here that um, again it all has to do with the changes I, I, I've uh, <coughs> named this come closer we've heard in the past few months where uh, you know words have come forth where God says come closer come near you know come to me come closer and uh, anyway so this is what I, I um, have named that so Hopefully I bring it across, okay, God, you know me. Anyway, uh, the first scripture is going to be in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 8. I'll read this first. Uh, This King James, King James version, oh, she's got the new, the new uh, version. I'm a King James person, so anyway, anyway, uh, Ezekiel 8, verse 12 says uh, in the King James, Son of man, have you seen what the ancients do in the dark, every man in the chambers of his imaginations, where they think that the Lord does not see them, he has forsaken the earth. <clears throat> now during prayer, um, this was a, a few weeks ago, even before I knew I was going to speak, but I had asked God at that time, I said, Lord, I'm writing these things down. If you would have me to share this sometime, then fine. But I thought it would be down the road. But uh, anyway, I guess today is the day. During prayer, (coughs) I was praying for uh, everything like I usually pray for, and I decided to ask the Lord about Mosaic. And uh, I said, Lord, what is going on in in your people at Mosaic? What's going on in their hearts and their minds? And I was in the vision. He gave me a vision. I was at the back of the church. God always shows me things about people in the back of them. I don't know why that is, but... uh, Anyway, but anyway, I was in the back of the church, and you know, people were, were facing the front, and uh, I saw these things, and I was saying, "Lord, well, what's that?" But He showed me there's holes and crevices in our in us, within us, in our spirits, and uh, and I'm saying, "Well, what are they? Like, what's causing them?" And uh, you know, and such. And uh, anyway, He said they're like open doors. And so we have opened ourselves to many things. And these things that we've opened ourselves up to has really caused us from drawing near to God. I mean, really drawing close to God to where he wants us. And the things are, he said, some of the things that we are watching. Now, I'm not judging anybody or I don't know what you're doing or what you're not doing. I don't know what you're watching. But God knows because he says he sees and he sees what's going on. 
some of the things that we're watching, some of the things that you're listening to is causing these openings within us, small openings, but they sort of drive us away from God. We still serve God, but yet we haven't given our hearts 100% totally to God. We haven't given our wills 100% totally to God. Now, as I'm saying this, you glean what you need to take for yourselves. And I, I'm, I'm guilty of some of these things too, but I have given them to God. Some of the things that we're reading are not good things. Uh, they're not so bad, bad things, but we should be reading the word of God is what we really should be reading and, and trusting. What are we saying? Now, <clears throat> I know many, many times that we've all uh, had a gossip or two. Uh, I've had, but God has really dealt with me uh, concerning that. And if you're gossiping, especially if you're gossiping about uh, your sisters and brothers in Christ, it has got to stop. Again, that's an opening. It's an area where the devil can get in because we know that the devil starts in the mind with a thought, and when you start dwelling on that thought, then it gets bigger, which causes holes in us. We're holes meaning we've opened ourselves up to. There are places where God is not being filled. Um, just let me see here. Uh, even some of the movies that we're watching. Now, I'm a person, I like Netflix, Star Trek. I'm a Star Trek. But um, God has dealt with me, uh, not with Star Trek, but with watching so much Netflix. And I have pulled back quite a bit, quite a bit, not 100%, but I'm working on it. Um, so some of the things that we're watching. And, and do we tend to watch these movies that take the name of the Lord in vain? Now, I used to watch them, and they would take the name of the Lord in vain, and I would get a little uncomfortable, but the movie was good, so I, I kept on watching it. But as the more I did that, I found that my spirit was becoming vexed. And uh, so that when I just, uh, saw the next movie, it was easier for me to sit and hear the name of the Lord uh, being blasphemed. And the Holy Spirit convicted me on that, too, and I thank God that he did for that. Um, <clears throat> Also, the news. Now, I know Pastor Keith had mentioned about the news a few weeks ago, uh, something he heard, I can't remember, um, <clears throat> about the news. The news, I mean, there's a lot going on in the news. And the news has a way of bringing fear into our lives, which means that's an opening. It can cause an opening. And the news is not good for our ears. The news brings doubts, and it brings fears. Now, I'm not saying that God is saying turn the news off completely, but he told me to. And this was three years ago when he told me, Roseanne, I want you to stop um, watching the news. And I said, but God, I mean, I want to know what's going on in the world. I, you know, I don't want to be stupid when people are talking about this and I'm saying I don't know. And uh, anyway, and see, when God deals with me, I mean, because, you know, you, you can't argue with God because you're not going to win. I mean, you can argue, but you're not going to win. So anyway, I kept saying, God, you know, when I'm at work and everything, and, uh, you know, I want to be able to, you know, keep up with what's going on. And I saw God sitting on his throne. He crossed his legs, and he crossed his arms, and he just looked down at me. Like, okay, now you don't want to listen to me, but you will. And uh, so uh, he al I always see him do that with me. Um, anyway, so I just kind of, you know, moseys off and everything. I went, uh, I don't work now, but I went to work. This is three years ago before I retired. So I went to work. And in nursing, you have report about your patients and all this kind of stuff. So when the report was over, we were getting ready to go to our patients. And one of the nurses said to me, Roseanne, listen, did you hear about 
whatever it was, on the news last night. And I said, no, I didn't. And they proceeded to tell me. And as I walked down the hall and went to my first patient's room, the Holy Spirit said to me, see? He said, see? You don't need to listen to the news. The news will come to you. <laughs> and, uh, and so it did. So for three years, I, I, I was going to say for three years, I haven't looked at the news, but I have because my daughter lives in Virginia. And by the way, I'm going away for three weeks, so you won't see me here. It doesn't mean I'm backslidden, but I, I'll be in Virginia with my daughter. So she called me on a couple of things that was happening in the States, and I did go to my computer to CNN just to listen to it. But I don't listen to the news. But uh, people tell me all the time, did you hear this? Did you hear that? And whatever and whenever I just say no, they tell me. And, you know, and I keep hearing the Holy Spirit saying, see, you don't need to listen to the news. Anything you need to know or someone wants to tell you, they will tell you, and it's true. So I, I think I might have listened to the news twice this year, you know, and that was by my daughter uh, calling me. So the news. Now, again, like I said, you glean what's good for you. If you're watching too much of the news, if you're listening to things you shouldn't be listening to, even our music um, has, has a lot to do with openings uh, uh, within us. I'm a Motown person, used to be, and, uh, um, you know, and I, even being a Christian, I listen to Motown. I don't always listen to Christian music. Most of the time I do. I like Kenny G because he's a saxophone player, and I like the saxophone. But, however, music also plays a role in opening us, there's a music you're listening to, is it bringing glory to God? That's, I think that's the, the question that we need to ask. Is it bringing glory to God? Fears and doubts are um, brought within us from a few of these things, and these are a few things that the Holy Spirit has, has shown me. And uh, <clears throat> I'll sit down here at the bottom. Just what are we speaking? Are we speaking the word of God? Are we believing his word? when he says he hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us a sound mind. Are we trusting God and taking him at his promises? We have many distractions. We've been distracted by much. And uh, I got to hear to myself here because I'm saying, you know, about gossiping, lying, cheating, you know. Are we complaining too much, you know? We're to pour our complaints out to the Lord. But many times we're complaining about this and we're complaining about get that, and I'm sure God gets tired of us complaining because we have to um, stand in faith. We have to hold on to the word of God. You know, God is God, and he wants us to worship him in the spirit and truth, and he wants us to hold fast to his word and trust him and believe him. If you're sick, we just need to hold on to the word of God and say, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Now, Tony said he was praying for me because I had got news. I'd gone for an x-ray, and uh, they found something on my pancreas, and they thought it was cancer. So I had to go for a CAT scan, and I went for the CAT scan, and they told me they still don't know what it is. They think it's benign, but they're not ruling out cancer. So that's kind of where I am. So I have to go back uh, between four and six months to get it checked out. So I told my family doctor, I said, well, I'll go through the scans and everything. I said... Uh, you may not know my God, but the God that I serve, he's able to heal, and I do not accept that I have cancer. But the spirit of cancer, I have renounced it, I have rebuked it, and I have declared in the name of Jesus that I am completely healed. And so that's where I am. The doctor wanted to know how I was feeling. Was I sick? Did I feel tired? Did I? And I just said, no. I said, I I'm not. And I said, you know what? Uh, I said, I this may sound crazy to you, I said to her. But if I did have cancer, and if it was my time to go, I know where I'm going. I know that I'm going to be with the Lord. And I said, so 
I, I'm not going to worry about it, but I will be honest. When I first heard the news, I was down by Point Pleasant. I love to go Quimpool Road where the water is down there. It's my little quiet place, but they were working on the street. So I was down, uh, down at Point Pleasant Park just looking over the water when the phone call came. So the doctor had told me this. Instantly when I got off the phone, fear gripped me. Why? Because my sister, who died in 2015, she had pancreatic cancer. And so that was what came to me, the first thing that came to me. And so I just sat there, I closed my eyes, and then and the Spirit of God <laughs> just rose up in me, and I sat up in my car, my windows were down, and I didn't care. I said, Satan, I bind you. I rebuke you. I come against that lie in Jesus' name. I do not have cancer. And then I said, well, there might be, I might have a cyst or something else, but it's not cancer. And, of course, the second test said, we think you might have a cyst. So I think I might have spoke against my own self in saying that. But anyway, um, so we have to watch the words that we speak. We, we really do. We have to watch the words that we speak. Um, okay. And as I said, then I'm, I'm probably got to hate myself, but anyway, I'll say it. I said, these openings are causing us to not draw near to God as we need to, as he wants us to. Repentance, we've heard a lot about repentance in this church, and, uh, but we do have to repent and we have to ask for forgiveness. We have to turn our whole hearts and our whole minds to God. And that's what God is wanting, our whole hearts. But the things that we are doing in our life, and you know what you're doing. I don't, I don't know what you're doing, but from like I read the first scripture, God sees what's going on in the imagination. He knows what you're saying. He knows our thoughts are far off, and uh, he's God. And so, therefore, I, I believe that he gave me this message so that we can do that which is necessary. Now, there, I'm not saying that I know a whole lot, but um, I do know there's some things coming down the pipe that we definitely need the gift of discernment. Now, we probably all have it. I don't know if everybody's exercising it or not. I exercise it quite a bit. But um, discernment is very, very needful. Uh, I was praying the other day, and I, these things, you know, sometimes you're praying, you're not sure if it's you or if it's God or anything. But I had this vision that there were going to be witches coming into churches. And I don't know if they're coming here. But they're going to be entering into the churches. Because, see, we are living in the last days. God is getting ready to explode. Um, his glory is going to be so that we're not going to be able to stand under it. His glory is going to hit us so quickly that we're, we're going to be shocked by it. Uh, that's all I can say. I mean... God hasn't shown me a whole lot of things, but he's shown me some things. But I do know that discernment is a great need. Uh, um, and discernment also, uh, discerning of spirits, it's not only just the demonic spirits, but it's discerning when someone speaks to you. Like, tell me, if someone speaks to you, can you discern if they're lying to you or not? Discernment will, will let you know that that person's lying. You may not say anything to them, or at least I don't. But discernment will tell you, oh, they're lying, you know. And so, uh, um, but discernment is you have to exercise that like you do any, any other gift, okay? Also, we need to renew our minds with the word of God. Um, I had a couple of more scriptures, but I'm going to skip those. If you can go to, um, this is going to be the last scripture uh, before I pray, uh, 2 Kings uh, verses 4, 1 to 7. Okay, and I'll, I'll just read it from there. Oh, it's, okay, it's not King James. Oh, well. 
One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha said. Tell me what, to, uh, tell me what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing her jars, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her, and then the olive oil stopped flowing. Okay, I think that's seven. So how does this pertain to us? In, the, in those verses that I read, there's a couple of words that stood out. Oil, vessels, emptiness, closed door, fill up vessels. That's what it's about. And he told her to shut herself in. We must shut ourselves in, in our prayer closets, and pay, pray and repent of the ways that are not godly, and give our hearts and minds totally to God. As you see, the vessels could not be filled until they were empty. Our, our vessels can't be filled until they're empty. Empty of what? Emptied of self, selfish desires, wants, uh, uh, you know, empty of uh, the things that we see, that we hear, that, that we're listening to, Th those uh, type of things. Um, <clears throat> let me see now. Um, and our hearts are mixed totally up. Uh, uh, and as far as the oil is concerned, we do desire and need the oil of the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit cannot fill us totally unless we're empty. Emptied of those things. I, I've, I, in my prayer and praying for, well, the church, but especially Mosaic, I've been praying that God would uh, burn within our spirits, burn within our bosom, burn the dross, burn those things uh, that should not be there, burn the roots of sin, and burn uh, the roots of iniquities. Um, you know, so because Jesus died for us so that we might be free. Many of us are not totally free inside. There are some that the Holy Spirit show me that you really have not had full joy in quite a while. And I'm not, I don't know what it's cost, but I don't know if it's because of what you're doing or not doing or whatever. But I do believe that today, because I, kn I know that God is want wants me to pray for those who, who want to change, um, to pray um, that they will be filled. But you have to empty yourself first. You know, God's desire is that we come closer to him, to him so that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will fall but not only the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, but the glory of God. We haven't experienced the glory. Well, I believe I experienced the glory of God once when I first got saved back in the 70s. The Spirit of God was moving. Um, and I know Pastor Keith always says, no, we don't, we're not so much looking for, you know, um, you know, these things to happen and that things happen. I'm looking for them. I mean, that's not all that I'm looking for. But I remember... Uh, when I got saved, it was at Faith Tabernacle, and it was a woman sitting on the front seat, and she went up for healing. And she had one leg shorter than the other. 
and I was a fairly new Christian, so this was all new to me. And the minister prayed, and I actually saw with my own eyes that short leg grow up to the, the long leg. And I was just amazed by this, and I said, geez, what kind of a God am I serving here? I just, this was all new to me. And before I got saved, I was hit by a car. I w wasn't planning on saying this, but I think I'm supposed to. Anyway, I was hit by a car. I was in a car accident, sorry. And the right side of my face went through the windshield, or cracked the windshield quite badly. And uh, anyway, I went to the hospital, and they had a, I had a broken cheekbone. So, um, you know, they fixed my cheekbone. But after that operation, my, the nerves in my right cheek used to just move, twitch all the time. And this side of my temple here was very painful. I couldn't lay on my right side at all. And I couldn't do it for like a couple of years. And so at Faith Tabernacle, they had a special speaker coming. I remember his name was Pastor Bombay. He's out west now. And, he, and so I was sitting there. Again, this was all new to me. I think I might have been saved maybe six weeks, if that. And I remember looking up at the cross at Faith Tabernacle, and I remember saying to God, I said, God, I said, if you, because I didn't believe in healing, but I had enough fear of God. Uh, I had enough fear in God saying, well, I, I kind of don't believe. I didn't believe. But I didn't really know how close God knew me and knew my thoughts, but I was new. And so I looked up at the cross, and in my mind, I said, God, I said, if you heal me, I said, down the road, I will believe in healing. I no sooner said that when Pastor Bombay stopped. He said, I have to stop. Somebody, God wants to heal somebody's face. Now, I, in my mind, I was thinking down the road, maybe two years, you know, something like that. So and at, in those days when you got saved, um, they, they used to give you people to work with you for like two or three months because you were a new Christian and someone to help you along, which was excellent for me. I needed that. I was rough, let me tell you. And so, um, so that was fine. And uh, so he says, somebody, somebody, God wants to heal somebody's face. So everybody's sitting there looking around. I'm looking around and seeing who's going up and... He said, he said, you're having trouble with this one side of your face that God wants to heal you. I'm still sitting there, whatever. And then he said, I'm going to say it one more time or you're going to miss out on your healing. So the woman who was with me, helping me, I said to her, I think he's talking about me. So she said, well, do you have the problem? I told her, she said, go up. And I just said, well, he said, someone, what if two of us go up? You know, she said, well, you have to go up by faith. I said, faith, what's faith? Uh, anyway, um, so anyway, I go up. And at the time, I was pregnant. I was seven months pregnant. So I go up. He comes down. He talks to me. He says, you know, what's your problem? So I told him what happened. So he says, in the name of Jesus, be healed. He didn't touch me. And I start to fall back. I didn't know, I didn't know anything about it, right? I was big as a house. I had sandals on. And uh, so anyway, I start to fall back. And uh, so anyway, he comes down. He says, if you start to fall back, just let yourself go. And I said, you want me to fall in this floor, seven months pregnant. Okay, if, if, if my water breaks, you are going to have to clean it up. And the whole, con the whole congregation. I told you I was rough. I was really rough. I mean, before I got saved, the F word was my favorite word. And anyway, thank Jesus, I'm, I'm delivered. But um, anyway, so I said, well, okay. I, when I fell down, it was like fall, nobody, it was no catchers back in the day then. Because if, if, you, if you fell on your own, you were getting hurt. But uh, anyway, it was the first for me, it was the first 
I, I didn't see anybody get slain before, so I didn't know what was going on. Anyway, I fell back, and, and so I laid there. So I didn't know what I was supposed to do after I was laid, and so I was trying to get up, and I couldn't get up. And he says, if you're trying to get up and you can't, don't. He said, that means God is not finished with you yet. <laughs> okay, so I'm laying there. Service is going on. He, uh, Pastor Bombay goes back up on the platform. He tries to preach, and he, uh, preach. he closes his Bible, and he says, I can't preach. He said, now she started it. God wants a healing line. <laughs> and so they had a healing line. And so anyway, that was how I said. So that's what caused me to believe in healing. Okay? And so I guess I'm finished with my, yeah. Anyway, I kind of get off. I don't know why. But God, I said to God, whatever you want me to say, let me say it. And I felt I needed to say that, you know, and things like that. But, you know, from the time that you get saved until where you are now, God is always working with us. It, lots of times it feels like he isn't working with you. And, uh, but his word says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's my favorite verse because I had uh, abandonment issues being brought up in the orphanage and foster homes and that kind of stuff. So that's, that's the verse for me from now to eternity and through eternity. That's the verse I hold on to. But uh, uh, so anyway, like when I got saved and everything, everything was just so new. The night I got saved, gave my heart to Jesus. Um, it was new. They said, go home, read the book of John. Well, what was the book of John? Like, you know, I had an old Bible with no cover on it. And uh, um, I remember going home. At that time, I was living common law. It was before I got married, but I got married shortly after that. That was a big thing, but we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> but um, he's, he is going to be with the Lord now. That, that's one good thing. But um, anyway, but I remember that first night being saved. And I went home, I had a bath, I told my fiancé at the time what happened, well he didn't understand, I didn't understand, but I felt good. I felt something lifted. So I, I remember propping up in the bed, opening up my Bible, it felt, uh, well, I called it Palms, but it was Psalms, the book of Psalms. But when I opened the book of Psalms and I was propped up and everything, this cold presence came beside me. And it was cold. So I closed it up, I said, I don't know what's going on here. And anyway, it left, so I opened it up again. It kept falling to Psalms, uh, Psalms 1. It kept falling. I, I think I got the first verse. Anyway, that happened three times. And then the third time, I said, this is it. I'm not, uh, I'm not doing this to you. I was kind of superstitious, brought up, you know, uh, keep the witches out, you put salt by the door, all that stuff. Anyway. Oh, it's so foolish when I think about it now. But anyway, um, so that was okay. So then... So that night I went to bed and the devil pulled me out of bed into my closet, where my closet was at that time, choking me. I knew nothing about the name of Jesus. It was my first night. But in, when that happened, Jesus, just the word, it was Jesus. And as soon as I said Jesus, he took his hand off. And I went back, I flew back into bed or something. Well, when I got up, the next morning, you remember, this was my first night saved. I was rough. And at the time, it was pa Pastor Rutledge, who I got saved under. He's here in town, actually. I went to hear him, see him last night. Uh, anyway, I called him, 9 o'clock in the morning, waited for the church to open, got him, told him who I was. And I said, listen, I'm not coming back to your church again. And he laughed on the other, the other line. He said, Oh, my, my, why not, Rose? I said, because this is what happened to me. I opened up the Bible, told him about that. I went to bed, and this is what happened. And furthermore, there was a blonde-haired woman there with glasses last night. She prayed over me, and she was praying in some kind of language, and she put a spell on me, and I'm not coming back to your church. 
And he laughed, and he laughed, and I said, it's not, you know my favorite word, funny. I said to him, I'm talking to a pastor, no respect, you know. Um, anyway, he just said, no, Rose, Rose, Rose. He said, uh, you know God is good. I said, I don't know he's good. I said, I don't know that. And he said, um, he said, well, listen. He said, could you hold on for a minute? And I said, okay, thank you. And I said, okay. So I'm on the phone there, and I'm fuming and everything. Again, I just got saved the night before, so uh, nothing's taken from me yet. <laughs> and so anyway, he comes back to the phone. So he says, Roseanne? No, he says, Rose? He said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, if God does not prove himself to you in, by the end of this week, because this was Monday morning now, by the end of this week, you go back and live your own lifestyle. And I said, bud, you got a deal. <laughs> well, that week, um, the, se the secretary, actually, who was the one that was helping me along in my walk, she had called me, and because uh, by that time I, I wasn't working because I was pregnant. So she asked me to come up and asked me if, if I would help her uh, lick some stamps on the envelopes because uh, she was the secretary and she wanted some help. And she wanted me beside her because she was, you know, helping me along. So she came and got me, and we went up and everything. But in the morning, like my husband at the time was working, and, we, and uh, we need, I needed some money. So I had asked the Lord. It actually, it would have been on a Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday. And I asked the Lord for $10. And so anyway, that was fine. I asked him for $10, and I went up. So by the time I finished up at the church at Faith Tabernacle, and then she brought me home, I said, you know, she said, thank you for your help, Roseanne. I said, oh, you're very welcome, you know, and I was feeling good. And so she took out $10. And so she said, um, and I said, what's that for? So she said, well, you know, this is $10 for helping me. And I said, um, no, I said, uh, I wanted to help you. I said, that was volunteer. And I said, you didn't have to pay me for that. I loved, I loved to do that. I'm glad that you asked me. So she said, no. She said, God told me to give you $10. And I said, well, okay. So I get out the car. I go in my door. As soon as I shut my door, I remembered my prayer. And I just said, God, I said, I asked for $10 this morning, and you gave it to me. And the pastor said, if God doesn't prove himself by the end of the week, you go back to your own life. So I sum it up by saying, I came to God. God won me for $10. How cheap can you get? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Hence, I'm serving God 40, well, yes, just about 40 years um, now for $10. Can you imagine? <laughs> anyway, I just feel right now, um, and I'm not going to take too much time, but... Um, I want to pray for, and you don't, you don't have to if you don't want to, and God is saying only if you're serious. If you have things in your life that you know is stopping you from getting closer to God, um, I, I want you to come up. You, you don't have to tell me. I don't know what it is, and I don't need to know what it is, but God does. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to come to the altar, and whatever it is that is, in you that is stopping you, I want you to just take a hold of, if it's, some, if it's your thoughts, take a hold of your mind or your brain, whatever. Take it and put it on the altar. But when you put it on the altar, I want you to, on the other side, well, pretend on the other side of the altar to take up something else. So if you're a person who's filled with fear, you let go of that fear, and then you take up peace. You can get, we, we're giving things to God, but we're not taking anything back in its place to fill it. Okay, that's what God showed me. So when, whenever we give over to God, take something else in its place. But you need to mean it in your heart. God knows if you mean it or not. 
I mean, you're probably going to have some struggles after this, but this is a time for healing. This is a time for getting close to God. This is a time because you're saying to God, I want all that you have. I want to see the glory of God. I want the power and the anointing of God to be working in and through me. I want my mouth to be speaking the words of God. I want my spirit right before you and that I will, I am giving myself totally to you. And you will fail. We will fail. But it, God knows your heart and it's all about the heart. So those of you who feel that you want to do this and be serious with God. And, uh, and I just want you to, uh, to do that. I'm not going to pray unless you want me to pray with you. But that which is, which is in your heart, please give it to God. And by the way, there's two angels up here at the altar. There's one on the left and one on the right. And so you're giving it to God, and the angel is going to give you what it is that you ask for. In the name of Jesus. Could you put that music on, hun, if you can get it? It's a time of repentance. It's a time of giving over to God. Your thoughts, your imaginations, the things that you're watching that you shouldn't have been watching, what you're reading and you shouldn't be reading, where you're going and you shouldn't be going. Just give it to God and take up whatever it is that you need. Whatever you're giving, take something back in its place. <laughs> 